Champions for more than 100 years. Jim Crisula, CBS News. Pave me a path to follow. Adele has released her first new album in six years this morning. The review's already in. Rolling Stone calls 30 the best Adele album yet. This is CBS News. Fever is the number one COVID symptom, so be safe with an accurate thermometer. Only Exergen has proven accurate in more than 100 studies. Learn more at exergen.com. Fever is the leading symptom of COVID and the flu, and the only way to reliably detect it is with an accurate thermometer. Be vigilant and be accurate with the Exergen Temporal Scanner, whose accuracy has been proven in more than 100 clinical studies. Don't rely on non-contact thermometers. They are proven to be inaccurate and will not reliably detect a fever that might mean COVID. Be sure to seek medical advice at the first sign of fever. Learn more at exergen.com. Panera believes in saying yes. Yes to clean, fresh ingredients. Yes to the new chicken sausage and pepperoni flatbread topped with rich mozzarella. Yes to delicious mac and cheese. Yes to putting it on a sandwich, creating the grilled mac and cheese sandwich. And yes to impromptu road trips to Sandwich, Illinois. Because that's living life to the flavor fullest. Get $1 delivery when you order on our app. Panera. Live your yes. Pricing and product availability may vary. Visit PaneraBread.com. A former star of The Office is making big bucks on Cameo. CBS's Monica Ricks reports. Brian Baumgartner is best known for playing Kevin Malone on The Office, but the actors banked a million dollars now thanks to Cameo. It's a platform where people can request personalized video greetings from celebrities and other public figures. I view it as an attempt of two people who want to make a connection. Baumgartner tells the BBC he's made thousands of videos for Office fans at 250 bucks a pop. It's been actually very, very rewarding for me. Celebrities like Chuck Norris, Snoop Dogg, and even a few Real Housewives are among Cameo's top earners. Monica Ricks, CBS News. Starting January 13th, Disney Cruise Lines will begin to require customers ages 5 and older to be fully vaccinated against COVID Currently, Disney requires vaccinations for cruise customers ages 12 and over. Linda Kenyon, CBS News. What can give you a competitive edge in today's red-hot housing market? Rocket can. That's because Rocket Mortgage can give you a verified approval. It could help your offer stand out. Rocket technology provides a rock-solid verification of your income, assets, and credit, giving sellers greater confidence in you. Go to rocketmortgage.com or call us today at 8338-ROCKET. A verified approval is based on an underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information, appraisal, and title report. Call for cost information and conditions equal housing lender license in all 50 states and MLSConsumeraccess.org number 3030. Fever is the leading symptom of COVID and the flu, and the only way to reliably detect it is with an accurate thermometer. Be vigilant and be accurate with the Exergen Temporal Scanner, whose accuracy has been proven in more than 100 clinical studies. Don't rely on non-contact thermometers. They are proven to be inaccurate and will not reliably detect a fever that might mean COVID. Be sure to seek medical advice at the first sign of fever. Learn more at exergen.com. Two whole dollars gets a whole lot of breakfast at McDonald's. With two for two dollars mix and match breakfast, the combinations are practically endless. Mix and match a buttery sausage biscuit with a hot sausage McMuffin or golden crispy hash browns and get both for just two dollars. That means a sausage biscuit with hash browns today, sausage McMuffin and sausage biscuit tomorrow, and maybe two hash browns for the day after tomorrow. Now get two breakfast faves for just two dollars. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. 
Hey, It's Boots is our great idea show, including great holiday gift ideas for the gearhead in your life. That's AutoSmarts Friday afternoon at 106 on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. Where do you go when you need home or auto insurance? Matthews Insurance Agency at 240 Columbus Road is a friendly, reliable, locally owned insurance agency celebrating our 75th year in business in the Athens community. We have partnered with outstanding companies like Ohio Mutual Insurance to provide you with great coverage and rates. Give us a call at 740-593-5573 or Google us, Matthews Insurance. Friendly, reliable, local. Have you heard of Project Rise? Are you a parent in Athens, Meigs, Perry, or Vinton counties? We provide internships, job shadowing, work study, transition planning, and graduation coaching. All students and parents have free access to these resources. For more information, please find us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. There are numerous free events and resources that you need to know about. Act now. Project Rise will help you with your future after high school. Follow us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. Quality. You hear that word a lot in commercials, but there's one business in town whose quality and prices are unsurpassed. I'm talking about Minuteman Press on Washington Street right next door to the Donkey Cafe. Uptown. You see, Minuteman Press is a hybrid. First, it's a full-service sheet-fed press where they can create great art to meet your needs that the other places are simply unable to do. And they're also a complete copy shop as well. Minuteman Press on Washington between Court and Congress. 593-7393. That's 593 I'm Brandy. You may know me as a branch manager, but I'm also a volunteer and a band mom. At Park National Bank, we're more than our job titles, and you're more than an account number. You get personal attention and direct access to a caring, compassionate banker who respects and responds to your needs and goals. Find Brandy or a banker near you at parknationalbank.com. Park National Bank, where you mean more. Member FDIC, parknationalbank.com. I-N-E-P-T, Inept Tech. Two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Oysters, oysters, raw, raw, raw. Coach Turf, yesterday you found out that you were invited to a postseason ball game up in Flushing. And I wonder if preparations uh, are underway for the trip to the toilet bowl. Well, that's right. You know, most important thing about going to a bowl game, of course, is uh, getting there. And, you know, we want to be sure we get there safe and sound. So preparations are already underway, taking care of the 19 and 37 Packard, what we make all of our road trips in. And we want to be sure it gets a nice wash job. And we want to make sure it gets a nice tune-up. And we want to get that front end aligned. We want to check the brakes. So I got our ace uh, mechanic, Wrench Romeyer working on it. You know, he's been working on the Packard the last 24 hours straight, and it's going to be ready and ready, ready to go. And I got Skid Crawford, our driver, working on getting the road maps, make sure we take all the right roads and get there in good shape. Coach Turf going to a bowl game, in addition to being very prestigious, generally means additional revenue to the school, and perhaps you can uh, bring back enough uh, money to replace that 1937 Packard. You mean, uh, you mean the bowl is supposed to pay y'all? You mean you mean we've been doing this wrong all these years? You didn't agree you, to you didn't agree to pay them money to go to the ball game, did you, Coach? I believe it's time for a commercial. And we'll be back with Coach Turf right after we pause for this message. Coach Turf, the campus here is buzzing with the information of your acceptance of a bowl invitation, the toilet bowl up in Flushing, and you know one of the most important things a school can take to a bowl game is its school spirit. 
excitement, cheerleaders, marching band and the like, but I understand that uh, your cheerleaders uh, are still on the missing list. Well, that's right. You know, we had to put them on an injury report after the EIEIO ball game because we done lost them. We didn't know what happened to them, and that was probably the reason that we done suffered that heartbreaking loss to Bungle State there at the end of the season because they wasn't there to cheer for us. But they was there at the EIEIO ball game cheering for us, and, and you'll come to think of it, you know, EIEIO, they might have a fine player here, fine player there, here fine player, there fine player, fine player everywhere, but what they ain't got is fine cheerleaders. And I'm sure what, what happened to uh, was they coveted our cheerleaders and they recruited them to transfer over to their place because uh, they wanted to have fine cheerleaders to go with their program. Now, what about cheerleaders for your own team? Are you going to have to recruit some new cheerleaders for the bowl game? Well, that's right, and I did want to uh, put out some feelers uh, to all the folks listening out there. I am going to have personal tryouts right here in the office. All they got to do is call me on the phone. And what uh, is that number, Coach? Six. Coach, we will ask that they wait until after the program is over to call. I wanted to ask you another question about the bowl game. How do you go about picking uh, members for your traveling squad? Well, all we got to do is uh, spin this little wheel here, and uh, we'll spin it just to see if you're going to make the trip. We spun this rascal for everybody else. Let's see if you make it. Uh, here it comes on around. Well, I hope I'm lucky today. Uh, I think you better buy a vowel. Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. I don't know about you, but I have so many leaves to deal with this weekend. Got to get the yard back in great shape. And it's going to be chilly and hot tamale. Forty-one are high today, fifty-one tomorrow. See what I mean? Chilly today, hot tamale. It's the weekend. Nine seventy WATH ninety seven point one on FM as well. The ninety seven. Good morning, folks. It's November nineteenth. That's right, November 19th, and um, of course the year 2021, a few more days of that, and then we'll have a whole new year. You see, today is National Play Monopoly Day, National Carbonated Beverage with Caffeine Day, and Substitute Educators Day. Interesting group, kind of unusual. Every day we have a list of, uh, you know, what today is this, today is that. Interesting. Um, historical events on this very date of November 19th. The year was 1530, the recess document resulting from the Diet 
I think it's Diet of Augsburg, signed by Charles V and Catholic princes. A recess document. See something else. In 1620, the Mayflower reaches Cape Cod and explores the coast. 1805, Lewis and Clark Expedition, led by Meriwether Lewis and William Clark, reaches the Pacific Ocean, the first European-Americans to cross um, the West. 1863, boy, there's a bunch today. The U.S. President Abraham Lincoln delivers his Gettysburg Address beginning with those famous words four score and seven years ago. In nineteen forty two, Operation Uranus occurred. That's the Soviet offensive begins during Battle of Stalingrad. And uh, at that point, one million Soviet soldiers encircled the German 6th Army. That's a bunch. Three more points to mention here in 1942. No, I did this one. I'm sorry. So two more. (coughs) Excuse me. Let me just reach over here. Oh, Scott's arrived. Hey. No, I haven't. I'm just a figment of your imagination sometimes we had like when i'm out in the hallway talking to yeah we had some good guests this morning clients out, coming in outside yes um great people coming in to record new commercials how about that yes um 1969 apollo 12's charles conrad and alan bean become the third and fourth humans on the moon. And the last item I have is uh, 1985. Jeez. 1985, U.S. President Ronald Reagan and Soviet leader Mikhail Gorbachev meet for the first time. Okay, let's get into some birthdays. Get my papers better organized here. We have four, typically, and indeed today we have four. Okay, hush up over there. My (laughs) cell phone is going nuts. Okay, so let's see here. First of all, we have Charles I. Royalty, no less. Um... He, he was born in 1600 on this date, died in 1649. Charles I. Charles I of England was the monarch of England, uh, king of England, Scotland, and Ireland from 1625 until his execution. In 1649, he was born born into the house of Stuart as the second son of King James VI of Scotland 
but after his father inherited the English throne in 1603, he moved to England, where he spent much of the rest of his life. Okay. <clears throat> he was executed because... Um, let's see. We'll have to find that here. Okay, well... I'm, I'm still looking because I'm... not all that important, but... I'm wondering myself. Um, I saw he lived a relatively short life, basically 49 years. And um, so I thought maybe something had happened. There was seven years of fighting between the Charles supporters and Oliver Cromwell's parliamentarians claimed lies of thousands and ultimately the king himself. Charles was convicted of treason and executed in January of 1649 outside the banqueting house in Whitehall. Not, and that, up, up not near, meaning Columbus. Oh, I was going to say near Bexley. But um, <laughs> no, that, that was supposed to be <laughs> yeah. a joke. Never mind. Why am I joking about somebody's death? But, but yeah, what, something you just way. said, um, the very first words you said about him was monarch of England. And then you used the word t king. Are those two separate things, two different things? Um, I don't know. They might be. Let's see here. What's the difference? between monarch and king. You can hear him punching the keys, folks. I'm just having a ball right here. Okay. So it's taking its good old time. Is that monarch is the ruler of an absolute monarchy or the head of state of a constitutional monarchy, while king is a male monarch, a man who heads a monarchy if it's an absolute monarchy then he is the supreme ruler of his nation or king can be a king who is higher than a king well it's not the ace of diamonds i wouldn't think oh Deck of cards. <laughs> okay, well, I'm not sure I got my answer there, but that's okay. That was a little bit uh, wordy, wasn't it? Well, it's just, I don't understand. Okay, let's move on. Let's see, who else can we mention today? Um, let, let's do um, Hiram Bingham. B-I-N-G-H-A-M. Military guy. And while we're doing that, uh, let me take this caller while you're looking it up. Okay, good morning. Good morning. Uh, folks out in your listening area do listen to Scott in the morning, and he's talking about the dogs that are available. Yep. And I have a question about uh, not just that dog, but any dog. When when a dog uh, gets away from its owner and it goes out to the county uh, dog shelter, uh, if it's a chip dog, wouldn't they be able to do some magical stuff with the chip and then find that dog's owner? If it if it has been... Um, it was chi chipped this morning, the, that Siberian husky, the okay, purebred. Okay, well, I'm sure they're working on it. Yeah, and the answer is yes, they can. And also, you know, if their license is affixed, uh, they, they ha that's uh, an easy way to get back to the owners. And they do all of those things. I was just wondering why they, they would put it up for adoption... Uh, if it if it was a chip dog and they could locate that person, it that dog's owner. It could be that the owner said, I can no longer deal with it. Oh, well, 
you that know. wasn't attached to the to the information that was read this morning. I'm just yeah. a curiosity. Yeah. yeah. You know that I, I know get it. You just confirmed what I think I knew anyway, because you know once your dog's chipped, they they tell you when you get your dog chipped that that's a uh, that's a lifesaver for the dog. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, my dog's not chipped, so. <laughs> uh, my neither are. You're ours. welcome to it. But we'll give uh, you a nibble. <laughs> but they do have, of course, their tags. So well, uh, you know, Jack Jack Russells are are notorious for for being nibbler dogs. You know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. You bet. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, we you, were talking you, about well, Hiram Bingham. Yeah, before we go on, I just want to expand on that, if I can, that um, they do contact the owners, and we've actually had a dog on there that the owner had a Columbus address that was found here in Athens County. So whether they moved here yes. or maybe a student brought them, so they, they try to con they not try, they do make contacts with the owners. And sometimes, as you mentioned, uh, they, they f- for whatever reason, give up the animal. Uh, and sometimes they, they can't get them right away. So they're put on dogs that have a license or microchipped are put on a 14-day hold before they can be adopted in order to give the owners time to claim them, just to expand a little bit on that. In fact, um, our dog fully went through that very same thing. He had a chip. Uh, Nobody, um, the owners were notified. They no longer had an interest in keeping him. And after a few days, we were informed that he could be ours. And that's how it all fell together. Yeah, boy, were you blessed, huh? Yes. What a sweet dog. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right, now. Hiram Bingham was an American academic explorer and politician. He made public the existence of the Inca Citadel in 1911 with the guidance of local indigenous farmers. Okay, the next one is Indira Gandhi. And um, she was born on this date in 1917, died in 1984, and I held her in high opinion. I hope I'm not wrong. Um, anything yet? Oh, I okay. I thought you were going to keep going on with that. No. Uh, was an Indian politician and a central figure of the Indian National Congress. She was the third prime minister of India and was also the first and to date the only female prime minister of India. Um, Gandhi was the daughter of the first Prime Minister of India mm-hmm. and uh, was assassinated October 31st, 1984. Oh, I had forgotten that. Yep, me too. Assassinated. Okay, what, you got a little more on that? Um... Not just yet, but do, I'll... Do they know who did it? Did the guy or gal get in trouble? Were, I mean, were they caught? What You know what I mean. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm st- I've got a ways to go here. Uh, we'll not worry about it. I'm, I'm still going to keep okay, digging so here. Okay, so the last person, and of course we've got some deaths to deal with too. 
But uh, this is the last person on our famous birthdays list for today. Roy Campanella. Born in 1921. Died in 1993. Great catcher for the Brooklyn Dodgers. I thought you might know that Yep. One. Not the L.A. Dodgers, but the old Brooklyn Dodgers. Incidentally, do you know how the Dodgers got their nickname? They've got all this big hubbub and offensiveness about nicknames now, well, which I, I understand. I was just going to bring it up. Um, <clears throat> once we... You know, team names. There's some teams that are uh, being pushed to change their names or their nicknames. Uh, there are some that have done it already. And some that are unhappy with what they went to. Yeah. And um, I just... I always thought that was a statement of honor. Having a nickname after, you know, a certain group or... A, you know, uh, I took it that way. Uh, you know, animals or frequent nicknames or, you know, a group of, uh, a, you name it. I mean, it was a, a salute to their organization or their group. That's what I always thought. I mean, it's like when I put on the uniform of the Ohio Bobcats. You know, I was proud to be a Bobcat. Yeah. You know, it's a nickname. I, I didn't see any offense toward the animal. I didn't feel any offense. I don't think anybody else did or does to this day. But you know, Bobcat but, is. But, but uh, okay, let's take. And I understand Indians are different than Bobcats. I get that. Yeah, but I still think it was meant to be an honor and a tribute. Absolutely, that's what the term Indian. Yeah, I mean, when you went, to, you know, say the the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. You know, we're taking on the um, Washington Redskins. You know, for me, that was a great matchup of football games. And, you know, a lot of people enjoyed those nicknames. You know, when they would go to it and then fans would turn out in droves wearing their fans gear and things like that. And I I don't, I, I okay, again, you know, I played a lot of sports, and for me, again, it was an honor to wear a nickname across my shirt, my jersey, even in Little League. we I played on a team called the Medics, and it was a group of Athens doctors that, we, that sponsored our team. And, you know, we were honored to be representative of the Athens doctors, yeah. you know, like that. So, okay. anyway, you know, I... It, it, it just, that's how things have evolved. Well, I, I... A lot of people in Cleveland are Cleveland. not happy. No, and I... Including the Dave machine. Okay, let's move on. Okay, but I wanted to say, too, about uh, how the Dodgers got their nickname, speaking of Roy Campanella. Well, when the Brooklyn Dodgers where it's still in Brooklyn, obviously, and the New York Giants were still in New York as opposed to San Francisco now. There were a lot of train tracks that ran by the polo grounds, the old polo grounds baseball and football stadium. And what people would do is they would run across those tracks as quick as they could to get to the polo grounds to the game, 
dodging trains going in and out of those, you know, trains going by there too. So ownership looked at that and said, well, let's name them the Dodgers after the fans, you know, dodging these trains to get to the polo grounds. Thus, that's the nickname, the Dodgers, that still stands with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Just thought you'd like to know. All right, famous deaths. <laughs> we have two to mention. One is Franz Schubert. You ever heard that quote anywhere before? Yeah. Just thought <laughs> you'd like to know. Yes. Uh, we're still trying to find all of those. I hope we do. Well, I can't seem to get anybody to throw their effort into it. Ah. Uh. Anyway, Franz Schubert. Franz Schubert was an Austrian composer of the late classical and early romantic era. Now, he lived, he was born in 1797, but died on this day in the year 1828. Yes, he left behind a vast amount of 600 secular vocal works, seven complete symphonies, sacred music, operas, incidental music, and a large body of piano and chamber music. Back in my earliest days of music, my piano teacher, um, I was playing several things by Schubert. Oh, suddenly. Uh, Ave Maria? Is that one of them? No, no, I'm trying to think of my teacher's name. Ah. Her husband was very notable, and so was she. I'm just having a a brain um, spasm here. Gilpatrick. Okay, Opal Gilpatrick was her name. Good recovery and from that brain fog. And her husband was the head of the <clears throat> Ohio Historical Society. And you know out there by the state fairgrounds, that big building with the Ohio historical stuff? Oh, yes. He built that. That was his uh, last project before he retired and passed. I think it was Charles Gilpatrick. Okay. But Opal Gilpatrick, my piano teacher, which was my very first musical experience at a very tender age. Okay. One more famous death to talk about, and this one I wish we didn't have to bring up. Charles Manson, born in 1934, died on this date in 2017. He was a bad guy. Uh, One would say that, with the exception of his followers. He was an American criminal who led the Manson family a cult based in California in the late 1960s. Some of the members committed a series of nine murders at four locations in July and in August of 1969, with actress Sharon Tate being one of the victims. My papers got a little disorganized today. Let's see, we did that one, so let me set it over here. Okay. Um, okay, we did all of these. See, I knew something was wrong here. 
Oh, I, here's a here's a deal. I've come across this thing called Stream of Words, and they send you every day a sentence with a blank in it, and then they give you four words to possibly consider, and you're supposed to pick which one would be the best to use. And all these words are weird. It's weird word time on Party Line. Okay. Maybe we could do that. <laughs> so their question is, which word best matches this example sentence? And the sentence is, he created a more blank schedule that allowed employees to have more time with their families. Okay, so, um, and I can't even pronounce these words very well. He created a more blank schedule. Olacrano, Olacrano, Botulinol, Botulinol, there we go, I got it out. Calcuminol, or Diuronol. The pronunciation is probably making it tougher for you folks to pick it out anyway. But um, I went with calcuminal. Calculated, right? Calcu. Okay. But I was wrong. It's diurnal. So D-I-U-R-N-A-L is the uh, right word. So he created a more diurnal schedule that allowed employees to have more time with their families. That would be the correct one. Mm. Just interesting. Yeah. The definition definition of diurnal, wrong emphasis on the syllable, is (laughs) of or during the day or daily of each day. Yeah. Diurnality. Okay, let's see here. How can I do this? I brought in another paper that I've started to receive. In Okay, so Saturday Night Live. Do you like it? Yes. I do too. And I like the older shows better, but some of the newer ones are pretty good. I, 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 I understand what you're saying, and often... Um, NBC runs from 10 to 11, a chunk of one of the old shows. Yeah. And then at 11.30, they run a new show on Saturday nights. Yeah, Father Guido was always a hoot. (laughs) Yeah. Gilda Radner, all the old ones. Okay, so out of Saturday Night Live, who was the only child of a sitting U.S. president to host Saturday Night A sitting president. Okay, so we have four names, and then you tell me which one you think it is. Amy Carter, Ivanka Trump, Chelsea Clinton, or Ron Reagan Jr.? I'll say Ronald Reagan Jr. You would be correct. <clears throat> now, what about people's guesses on that? 
Ronald Reagan Jr., 42% said his name. But so did Chelsea Clinton, 42%. Ivanka Trump had eight, and Amy Carter had eight. So, okay, so uh, the answer is Ron Prescott Reagan Jr., the son of the former U.S. President Ronald Reagan, is a liberal political analyst and radio personality. In February 1986, Ronald Reagan Jr. became the only child of a sitting president to host an episode of Saturday Night Live. I guess the show began with Ronald and Nancy Reagan calling Ron Jr. from Camp David, (laughs) asking him to keep an eye on the White House while they were gone. This resulted in a risky business parody in which Ron Jr. slides around the White House, dancing in underwear, listening to old-time rock and roll before announcing live from New York. Okay, good opening scene. That's pretty good. Pretty good skit. Well, let's talk about COVID. I mean... How can we escape a program and not do that? Well, we just could. But should we? I don't think so. So I have a story this morning. It simply goes, here we go again. This is this morning. The CDC is recommending vaccinated people near need to wear masks indoors again. The Department of Veterans Affairs became the first federal agency to require COVID-19 vaccines for its health care workers. Hospitals across the United States are mandating vaccines for their health care workers. 97% of the people hospitalized for COVID here in the U.S. are unvaccinated. Did I say that one well enough? Yeah, I think so. Okay. <clears throat> These are just some points, right? Some t- scientists who got the J&J vaccine are now taking an extra shot of Pfizer or Moderna out of concern of the Delta variant. But so far, the CDC has not commented on this. In France, venues that accommodate more than 50 people already require proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test. And they mean a real recent uh, test. Next point. The United States is not lifting travel bans and warns against travel to Spain and Portugal as Delta variant fuels outbreaks there. So this piece goes on. Look, there's just no way around it. Things are getting a little crazy again. That's why it's important to protect ourselves any way we can. 
The writer goes on, here's how I'm taking care of myself. I use these two immune-boosting minerals daily. I have ever since the beginning of the pandemic. Many believe these two minerals are responsible for Iceland's superhuman health. It could be why they have the highest life expectancy in the world. Um, check out these two super nutrients. What are they? Um, well, actually, they give four here. It can be fish oil, vitamin D, zinc, or vitamin C. None of those difficult to uh, come by. So we turn our attention to the stats. <clears throat> come on. I'm sorry my phone is uh, so loud today. I, I got to figure out how to turn it down. Okay. So today is Friday, which means the most recent set of data we have is as of 2 o'clock the day before. We'll do the complete report today. In the world, <coughs> in the world, we have now had 256 million cases. which represents 3.225% of the world's population. Just yesterday, there were 791, almost 792,000 new cases worldwide. Now, 256 million how many have recovered thus far? 231 million. So 91% of those that have had it have recovered worldwide. What's the death rate? 2%. 5 million, 146,754 people have died. How many currently active had it have it an active case right now? Nineteen million six hundred and forty six thousand eight hundred and thirty nine. By the way, I gave you the deaths uh, as of yesterday since this all began. Just yesterday alone, ten thousand nine hundred and eighty six deaths worldwide. Okay. Now, there's one stat I haven't given you about the world yet, and that's the vaccination rate. 52.4% of the world has been vaccinated. 524 Okay, let's go to um, the United States. 
There were, uh, uh, just yesterday, 194,344 new cases, bringing the total up to 48,398,455. Now remember, I told you, worldwide we've, at 3.225%, so let's just call it 3.2% of the world had caught it. Here in the U.S., it's 14.5. A lot more. 14.5% of our nation's population has um, had a case. Now, deaths. Nationwide, we are at 1.63%, which equates to 789,000 people. Active cases right now, 19.1%. That is... Excuse me. Let me get a sip of coffee. (coughs) By the way, when you hear me cough, I cover my mouth. I am fully vaccinated. I got the booster, all that stuff. And now with the discussion that we'll talk about in a few minutes, I guess I'll be getting another booster. But anyway. Okay, where was I? Ohio. I forget where I left off. Let's just start it over. Okay, there were 6,615 new cases yesterday in our state. Bringing the total now to 1,627,051 or 13.92% of our state's population. Active cases, because, well, let me go back. Of that 1627, 1,627,000, 1,513,000 have recovered. So, we have 113,965, so let's call it 114,000 that are currently active cases. Of that group, 73,016 are in the hospital, the regular hospital setting. 10,503 are in intensive care. Statewide, 25,813 deaths. There have been no new deaths in the last two days. But if you go back uh, three days, there were 170 deaths. 
And I told you when I gave you that stat, they sometimes, those didn't all occur that one day. They sometimes have a lag in reporting them. Yeah, a bit of a time lapse. Okay. So, statewide, 1.6% passed. That got it. Um, okay, vaccinations. Our state has had 56.85% vaccinated. That's 6,645,253. Um, I'm sorry, please keep it up. I know there's many people that feel, for whatever reason, they oppose. I'm asking you to think deeply about it. Okay, finally, our own county. And then we can move on. We have about eight minutes remaining in today's program. By the way, it's Friday. Yippee! Yes, and Yabba Daba Do. There you go. Along with a yippee. It's a Yabba. Yippee Yabba? Yippee Yabba Do. Okay. <laughs> I'll accept that. Here in our county, we have 65,332 people here. The last I looked, anyway. It changes every day because of deaths and births. Yes. But that's basically it. Um, there were 26 new cases yesterday, 13 new cases the day before, 7 new cases the day before that. So there's a little uptick showing here. Um, we have had a total of 8,129 cases. That's 12.44% of our county's population has experienced or is experiencing COVID. Um, active cases. Okay. Um, we've had 93 deaths, and that number has been solid for almost a week. By solid, I mean has not changed. Um, 96.3% of our cases have recovered which is 7,830 of the 8,129. We currently have 288 people in the hospital. And the last thing I have to share with you is the vaccination rate. I told you the state is at 5685, 56.85%. Athens County, 49.89. That's the end of my report. Oh, here's another thing that's worth re-mentioning. Remember Jonestown? Yes. If I'm not mistaken... This is the 
what would you call it? The um, anniversary? Probably so, yes. Of the famous Jonestown murder-suicide. Or the massacre, as someone refers. Some refer to it. You may have heard about this, of course, in which um, in this murder-suicide of over 900 cult members. But do you know how it started? Well, let's take a look. People's Temple in Jonestown, Guyana, was a religious church based uh, around unorthodox ideas about the world. Rooted in the beliefs of the old People's Temple, it was founded in 1955 and based in Indianapolis. The Reverend Jim Jones took over the congregation and was known for his charitable efforts toward the homeless and his belief in human equality. Fearing nuclear war, Reverend Jones moved his church of 900 members to California in 1965. Out there he became known as a prophet. He taught that the divine equated to love, which in turn related to socialism for his church. He allegedly began siphoning church funds into his own pocketbook. Due to his ever-increasing paranoia that the temple's suspicious activity would eventually catch up with him the following year, he uprooted his whole congregation to a small town in Guyana, near the Venezuelan border, naming it after himself. Well, there Jones continued preaching until November 1978. He had gotten into the habit of confiscating passports, taking members' money, and offering up deadly threats when necessary. That's when the U.S. government ordered an investigation to check up on the welfare of Jones, Americans' followers. The government recruited Congressman Leo Ryan to go down and inspect the site. Once in Guyana, Ryan didn't even have a chance to look around when he and his party were shot dead by temple guards. After the murder... Jones ordered all of his 900-plus obedient followers to drink a cyanide-laced Kool-Aid. The victims knew full well they were essentially ingesting poison. But because no one died immediately, Jones had time to make everyone believe that he didn't actually put any poison in their drinks. Here's a quote from him. This was only a test, but the time for you to die by your own hand is not too far off. Within hours, though, his lies were unmasked as people started dying one by one, falling face down onto the ground. Jones took his own life later that day when his crime was committed. Jones took his own life later that day when the crime... That's that's a duplicate of the sentence. Okay. 900. And there's photographs 
Here's an old one showing this what looks like a barn. And everywhere you look about it on the ground are different bodies laying there dead. I hate to end the weekend like that, or in, in, start our weekend like that, but it's such an important story to remember. Um, booster shots. We could end it on Bobcat basketball. Let's do it quickly. Okay. Uh, big game tonight in Lexington as they take on the number 13-ranked Kentucky Wildcats. Pre-game coverage at 6.30 on the flagship station of the Bobcats, Power 105. Tip-off at 7. Uh, the game can be seen on the SEC network, okay. which many of you should get. Now, don't forget next week we got two home games. Monday and Friday, right? Basketball? Yeah. Okay. Sounds I, good. I, I think so. Football is away at Bowling Green on Friday night, a week from today. All right, folks. Have a marvelous weekend. Be careful yes. out there. Take care of one another. Love you. Okay? In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H Evans. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Lindy Kenyon in Washington. We have two breaking stories this hour out of Washington. First, the House has passed the social spending bill known as the Build Back Better bill. On this vote, the yeas are 220, the nays are 213, the Build Back Better bill is passed. This despite efforts by the House's top Republican, Kevin McCarthy, to derail the bill by holding the floor for several hours. This is the single most reckless and irresponsible spending bill in our nation's history. The $1.75 trillion social safety net bill includes funding for child care, family leave, and expanded Medicare. Next, President Biden is at Walter Reed Medical Center for routine physical. Mr. Biden is having a routine colonoscopy, but President Biden is transferring power to Vice President Harris for the brief time he will be under anesthesia. The same thing happened in 2002 and in 2007 when then-President George W. Bush had the same procedure. The process is set out in the Constitution. Vice President Harris will work from her office in the West Wing during this time. Allison Keyes, CBS News, Washington. More progress on COVID booster shots. The FDA has approved booster shots for every adult when it comes to the Pfizer and Moderna doses. So every adult over the age of 18. So that's a big hurdle. Uh, the CDC still has to give the thumbs up, but the CDC is meeting later on this afternoon to mull over the data provided by the two pharmaceutical companies. CBS's Anne-Marie Green says the CDC's decision could be just hours away. There is a surge in COVID cases, especially in the upper Midwest. Europe, too, confronting a spike in cases. Here's CBS's Elaine Cobb. Austria will next week become the first Western European country to go back into lockdown this fall. Germany may